Do you, do you feel like we've seen enough of Brock Bowers this season? Uh, well, I mean, John, he's getting triple team. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to My Got a Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I preview Georgia's homecoming matchup with Vanderbilt. We also get to hear from Dwight Standridge of Bulldogs Battling Breast Cancer. And we answer questions from you, our listeners. As always, remember to check out store.mygotapodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at My Got a Podcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxia Time, at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. Ooh. My bourbon choice pairs quite nicely with the autumn spice milkshake. <laughs> From Chick-fil-A, not a sponsor. Yet. <laughs> From Chick-fil-A, not a sponsor. Yet. What what is your bourbon? Uh it's actually bourbons. <laughs> oh. So I have uh I have this this sherry cask finished uh rye whiskey uh minor case that uh, is a bourbon that John recommended or a, a rye whiskey that uh John recommended a while back that he said that he just always has on hand and I hadn't dipped into it in a while because I bought it specifically for um, cocktails for to make Sazeracs and um, mm. other other rye cocktails or like an old-fashioned with rye whiskey right um, and then I also have the old elk sherry cask finish and so I thought to myself hmm <laughs> let's 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 make a concoction of the two the two whiskeys. Okay. Um, since they're both sherry cast finished and they, they pair very nicely. And, um, before we started recording, we had a fiasco with my daughter and had to go to the <laughs> target. And so I had to throw my bourbon in the freezer. So I actually have a frosted glass as well. <laughs> nice. Excellent. And, and coincidentally, the, like I said, the cinnamon, the, the autumn spice milkshake was, was a, another inadvertent, like win. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to target you gotta go by and get the milkshake as well well it's literally like right there and i was waiting for my wife to send me the the pickup code to so that my daughter could get her books for school so gotcha whatever. gotcha i was like well if i'm gonna sit here i'm gonna get me a milkshake well i've got the just i've got woodford reserve uh double oaked um i, I don't mm. think i've ever had that i mean i've had it but not on here i don't think um and the only thing that I had that was like close to opponent related was my um, like something from Tennessee, at least was uh, Chattanooga. Oh, yeah. The Chattanooga whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the cask strength. And I didn't really want to delve into that. <laughs> we're trying to stick. We're trying to stay away from the barrel proof. All right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Thanks. So. Jim goes off the rails when he hits the barrel proof. I didn't want to go off the rails. I didn't want to go that off the rails. I can go some <laughs> off the rails, but not that. I didn't want to do that much tonight. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, th this was sitting next to that uh, in the cabinet. So, grab that. Uh, well, let's see. What? Um, I know it hasn't, it hasn't been super long since we talked, but uh, do you know yet what you've got like going on this weekend? Uh, this weekend card has got soccer. I probably will end up being, I probably will end up being watching it like pregame of his game. 
Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I, um, I'm staying home. Um, so I, I will not be making it, uh, down for this game. So, uh, Ella's got opening weekend for her play. Lily's got rehearsal for her play that opens next weekend. So we just got a lot going on. So I'm going to, I'm going to miss this one. Um, my first home game I've missed this season, I think. Right. So you're not going, you got family, you got family stuff going on this weekend. I like it. I like it, Jim. Yep. 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 That'd be, would be a good time. Good time. I've uh, never seen this play that Ella is in before. So had never heard of it. Um, so should be fun. I feel like we need like a Facebook live situation so that we can, we can all partake and watch and watch Ella's Ella's concert or uh, plays. Yeah. The one I actually could, I think I could send you the, the one that Lily was in this summer. Um, the one, when she was in Moana, that one, we actually do have a video of it's online that can be Ooh, watched. Um, that's fun. So that I could share that I could share these. I don't think they record these. It's, it's like through like the local community theater up here in Concord. <clears throat> So I can tell you, I can tell you there's, there are several little girls in the Powell household that would probably get a kick out of that. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. We'll set that up. We can set that up. All right. Well, we can, uh, unless you've got anything else, we can, we can kind of run through the matchup here. Um, Let's run through it. All right. So uh, 3.30 PM kickoff, Dooley Field, Dooley Field at Sanford stadium. Um, and, and like we talked about last week, right. Um it's the weird SEC network 3.30 kickoff, which I'm still not 100% sure how that was possible, um, but it is. Um, the On SEC network, so allegedly we've got this, this crew again with Taylor Zarzer, uh, Matt Stinchcomb as the analyst, and Alyssa Lang. We've had Stinchcomb like so many times. Uh, he's got to be loving that. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I mean, how get get paid to cover a game that you're probably going to watch anyway? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's been that's been pretty funny. Um, Vanderbilt on the season is three and three, uh, one and two in the SEC. Uh, Georgia obviously six and zero, oh, number one or two uh, in the land, depending on who you ask. Uh, the official hashtag that we won't use is hashtag Vandy versus UGA, and because note. Still didn't use it last week. I think at this point, you know, we just kind of keep referring to it um, as always. Uh, looks like a beautiful day for those who will be there. Um, clear skies, high of 76. Hopefully it's a Chamber of Commerce Day in Athens. Yes, I have a feeling it's going to be. It doesn't seem like that there's any. Yeah, I feel like it's, I feel like it hasn't rained in like a month. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then on the all-time series, so Georgia leads the all-time series 59, 20, and 2. Um, I had a couple of things, uh, fun fact-wise. Ooh, I've um, got some fun facts too. Since ooh, we're I've been on nice. I've been on the I've been on the kick on the kick of the fun facts lately. So I'll okay. let you shoot. You want me to go first? Okay. You go first. Okay, so my first one is just about the fact that this is homecoming. Uh, so it's a homecoming game. Um, the Vanderbilt Commodores have served as Georgia's homecoming opponent, uh, <laughs> 24 times. Uh, and we are 20 and four against Vanderbilt on homecoming. Okay. Not a fun fact, but a fact. 
the last time that Vanderbilt actually beat us was on homecoming, uh, ruined the 2016 homecoming. That was, uh, Kirby's first year, the 17 to 16 game. <laughs> given the, given, the, given the numbers that you said about how many times they've played us in on homecoming, like that would, that would, <laughs> that would seem to be the case that they ruined homecoming. Right. Right. Fair. Fair. Uh, that was the, what the like to- toss sweep to Isaiah McKenzie on fourth down or something. <laughs> It didn't work. It was, that was that game. To be fully transparent, I don't know that I recall the details of that particular game. Yeah, that was that was that game. Um, <laughs> the only other, I had one thing actually about Vanderbilt. Uh, as I was, I was doing something unrelated, um, trying to look something up, and came across an article in their student newspaper, and their student na- newspaper is called the Vanderbilt Hustler. So. I don't know what that's in reference to. I thought that was kind of random. So that's all I got. Okay. So I've got a couple of fun facts. One, we're going to go with the, just the organizational structure. Vanderbilt is actually the only school in division one that does not have a separate athletic department. Oh, that's right. Okay. Their, their, their athletics are administered as part of the division of student life. So they do not actually have a uh, they don't actually have an, an athletic director and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm sure they do have like an equivalent or whatever, but like they, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was something that they changed in 2003. It looks like. Okay. Yeah, I do. I do remember them changing that. I didn't know exactly how it was structured though. Okay, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting. Which yeah. Basically, basically explains why they don't even need to be in Division One because they don't have an <laughs> athletic department. So we can. Right. We, that's like justifiable. Like, that's like justifiable uh, negligence, right? We can kick them out for that, right? Right. I mean, one would one would assume. One would assume. <laughs> um, I have a couple other things. Um, do do you know the origin of their their name their mascot yes i do actually okay um and the reason why although i'm forgetting which which vanderbilt it was but you know we have biltmore house here in north carolina in Asheville, mm-hmm. uh, which biltmore house was originally built for one of the Vanderbilts. So that was within the van, the family and basically like the patriarch of the Vanderbilt family that made all the money. Initially he was known as the Commodore. And so I think that he, I can't remember if he like endowed the school or what. Um, and so, but it was, but the Commodore is, is they took his nickname to be uh, the mascot. Did I get that right? That is correct. Good yes. job, Jim. Yes. Good job, Jim. Um, now, now related to that, do you know why their colors are what they are? Because there's mm. some debate on this. Mm, okay, now that I do not, I have no idea. Got nothing. Nothing. Okay, so their their colors are gold and black, um, right? So right. there's there's apparently some dissension amongst amongst the the, the, the Vanderbilt people, the alumni on, on where that actually came from. Some say that it was because. Um, that the colors were given to the university by a, a judge that came from Princeton, okay. um, which were orange and black. But I guess that um, at some point later in, it looks like the, it was about 1890s. In the 1890s, 
Um, the school is just like randomly started wearing black and gold. There's like a number of dates here, but like it looks like the in the 1890s they started wearing black and gold. And yep. the the reason why is the most Vanderbilt reason ever. <laughs> <laughs> so the black is to symbolize the coal that the Vanderbilt magnates, the, the magnates control of, of coal and, and gold and gold for their, their money, their wealth. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> that checks out. That checks out. Yeah. Um, Especially the, after having seen Biltmore. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there. I mean, that house is nuts. I haven't been, but I have heard, and I have my uh, my boss. My boss at work is actually from from North Carolina, and he talks about what that was like. It was basically like it was basically like a retreat for his like rich friends to come and just like show off. Yeah. <laughs> so he, yeah. So yeah. he could like show off his his wealth, his immense wealth. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, the other, th- the only other fun fact that I have, and this is just because I find the whole thing um, hilarious, but um, there's a famous Vanderbilt that is a newscaster. Do you know who I'm talking about? I do. Oh gosh, this is the kind of thing where, like, if you hadn't asked me, I could tell you. Um, <laughs> it's the guy. Uh, oh yeah, of course it goes the guy. I mean, uh, oh shoot. What is Anderson Cooper, right? <laughs> yes. That is correct. That is correct. Anderson oh, yeah. Cooper is actually from Vanderbilt university, a famous alumnus, which is weird to me, but, uh, um, no, he is a Vanderbilt. Like, yeah, it's not, not the, the I don't know. He may be his alumnus. mom is glory. His mom is Gloria Vanderbilt. I think. Yeah. Is her, yeah. So her he, yeah. And I, from what I recall, he's actually, I think he's related to like the, someone in the line to like had that house also had Biltmore. So that's actually why I knew that. So when we, when we went to Biltmore, I became like briefly obsessed and was like Googling all kinds of things. And so that's why that's what that, that's that trip is why I knew the answer to some of your fun facts. I always think it's just a little bit funny because this guy is talking about income inequality and here he is. He's a Vanderbilt. He's a Vanderbilt. <laughs> right. Uh, literally amazing. the reason. Right. <laughs> if you guys hadn't built Biltmore, uh, yeah, you know, seriously. Maybe uh, awesome. Okay. Those are some good fun facts. That's good. We, I think we both learned some things. We did. Um, awesome. Um, all right. Let's go. Let's hit the news and notes. Um so I, the first thing I have, actually, I just got some bullets from Kirby's press conference. So he opened talking about uh, head coach Clark Leah, um, who is not Brad Guzan, even though I tricked you into thinking he was Brad Guzan uh, during SEC media days. He looks kind of like Brad Guzan. Um, it should have been my fun fact. <laughs> should have been. Um, <laughs> but he was just calling out, you know, that he's an alumnus, uh, just like Kirby is a Georgia alum and, you know, has a lot of respect for them, as Kirby says. Um, the other things were mainly on the injury front. So we talked in the Auburn review about the reports around Stetson. Was he or was he not hurt? He got asked at the press conference and you know, he said that he got dinged up in the Missouri game, took some shots, uh, but hasn't missed any practice or anything like along those lines. So kind of pretty, no real difference from what we talked about last episode. Um, mm-hmm. He got asked about Jalen Carter. He did say he every day he's getting better. He's rehabbing, and he said, I'll see more today. So we're recording Monday night, uh, so we'll see there. Um, getting the hopeful uh, kiss of death, um, 
there was a question on Smile Munden, and Kirby said, hopeful to get him back this week. And he said, and the same with Kendall. So based on the hopeful kiss of death, you would not expect Smile Munden or Kendall Milton to go this week, but we will see. Because um, last week, we got the A.D. Mitchell hopeful kiss of death. He he did step on the field, at least. So who knows? We'll see. Um, and then the, <laughs> the last thing is actually something that you pointed out to me, John. The the exchange around Brock Bowers getting triple teamed or not. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to John tweets for, uh, for sending that to the dog central text thread. That was, that was funny. So I already forgot who asked, but Kirby asked some question about like Brock getting triple teamed and Kirby said, uh, I love you media guys, but if you think somebody is triple covering somebody, please send me a video of that. So I can see that because that means we've got somebody else wide open. So Classic uh, Kirby media interaction. Yeah, I, I actually did see that part. I didn't see the whole thing, but um, I did see that portion of the of his press conference where he said, he "said I think that he like you have to really watch the video to truly understand like yeah, the, I haven't dis- seen it. the disdain, the disdain for the question." Yeah, because he was just so sarcastic about it. <laughs> it was just so. It's just classic Kirby, right? You, you could <laughs> yeah. just hear him. You could just hear him like wanting to just yell at that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was like, well, was it like last year when he was like, it's called scheme, Seth. Yeah. Well, it feels <laughs> kind of like one of those. Um, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. He's like, why would you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was it for Kirby's press conference. Um, a, a note on Vanderbilt that I did have. Uh, and I think when we were, we were texting earlier today, and uh, I know in your detailed analysis of Vanderbilt, you had called this out too, but I saw this in the, the notes. I mean, this is the third top 10. We are the third top 10 opponent in a row uh, for Vanderbilt. So brutal schedule of late from them. Um, no, they, they have a brutal schedule, period. Like, yeah. If you look yeah. at the way that their entire schedule sets up, like they, they played Ole Miss, they played Bama, they play us. Yeah. And then they've got their, their regular roster of the SEC and then they play Wake Forest too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and opened at Hawaii, um, which, I mean, I know they, they destroyed them, but that's still a long ways to go. Um, they had, typically, they were the week zero yeah, games. <clears throat> yeah. Typically Hawaii is winning those games. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's it. That's it. That's what I got for the news and notes. Um, and we can jump into the game it's, itself. Um, so just kind of start with uh, the Georgia offense, if you should do. So, you know, things to look for uh, when Georgia has the ball. Um, I've got a couple of things I can call out just on their defense. I've got some players and things. Um, and then maybe if there's anything you, you you've got to look for, but um, they do have some guys that, that jumped out just kind of looking through the SEC statistics. Um, so they actually have the SEC's leading tackler um, with 61 tackles. Uh, Anthony Orgy is his name. Um, so, um, you know, leading, leading tackler in the, in the conference. Um, and then they've is got he a linebacker. He is a linebacker. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then actually another linebacker of theirs, uh, Dericky Wright. Uh, he mm-hmm. has three interceptions and that's tied for second in the sec, uh, for most picks. Mm. Uh, and then the last thing is something else that Kirby said in the press conference when he was kind of talking about Clark Leah, I think this is actually in response to another question, but he did point out that, you know, 
Coach Leo was the architect of the Notre Dame defense um, that we faced back when we were playing Notre Dame. I think both those times we played Notre Dame, uh, he was the, the the defensive coordinator back then. Uh, and he signaled out, he singled out that they had elite tackling uh, was one of the phrases Kirby used. So just something to think about, you know, I mean, I know this is, this is year two um, for him. Um, you know, he kind of, he, he came in in the post pandemic season. So if you remember um, during the pandemic was when Mason got let go and then they brought Leah in. Um, so, you know, he, it was a complete rebuild and we obviously, I mean, waxed these guys last year, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, they've, you know, they've been, um, I, they've, they've done better than I had expected, I guess, thus far, I would say, but yeah, but so anyways, those, those were just some things to call out about the defense. From a, from a defensive standpoint, um, you know, <laughs> they definitely look like they're giving up some yards. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I mean, they're averaging you just you just hit on the defense. So I'll yeah, yeah. I'll just kind of counter some of that. So probably part of the reason why they've gotten such numbers on, on from a tackling perspective and you know the interceptions, it appears that people are just bombing on them because yeah, they've given up. They're they're averaging giving up almost 480 yards of offense, which yeah. is which is a lot, right? So, yeah. I, yes. I, I, I look at their I look at their season averages. If I were to tell you today that you know Stetson Bennett's going to walk away with 324 passing yards, and our running attack is going to walk away with 155 yards rushing, yeah, you'd probably expect the score line to be what it is, um, or you would probably expect the score line to be in line with what the predicted score line is looking like it's you know going to be, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, from a from a defensive standpoint, I'm, I, I I hear you, but I also see that there's definitely opportunity for us to move the ball on these guys. And then, so so on our side, when we have when we have the ball, you know, we've got five, you know, we're averaging over 500 yards of offense. So you like our opportunities to hit <laughs> hit the over on on that on that number here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that our our numbers line up nicely with their season averages, so it should be a fun day in the park for the for the UGA offense. And I'm hoping that it's an opportunity for Stetson to get, you know, get the get 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 to the Stetson of old. And um, looks like that it should just be a nice a nice game to see some consistency from the offensive line from from the Auburn game. Yeah, kind of keep keep that rolling. I agree. And and, and conversely, like. Um, you know, for I, I'm going to be curious. I'm I'm going to be curious to see who the starting running backs are. I have a feeling, mm. you know, just knowing Kirby, it's going to be, you know, Kenny McIntosh is probably going to walk out there for the for the first series or whatever. But I fully expect to see some heavy doses of Dejan Dejan Edwards and um and Branson Robinson based on their last performance. And it looks like they're going to get the, you know, they're going to have opportunities because Vanderbilt's given up so many yards rushing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I agree with all that. Um, I would just add, like, I, I, not that I've watched a lot of Vanderbilt. I, I watched the Ole Miss highlights, um, just with that being the recent game. And, uh, I mean, honestly, like, I know there was a little, like, what? I mean, Vanderbilt had the halftime lead. Um, but looking at what Ole Miss did offensively, I mean, they were kind of doing everything. 
<laughs> like they were throwing it deep. Uh, they were running it down their throat. So yeah, you're right. And I think that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree with your comment. Like the, the volume of yards they're giving up. Um, and I would assume number of plays opposing teams are running against them. Uh, it gives that opportunity for the high tackling count. <laughs> yeah. Linebacker. So yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I'll look for is do we see, do we get to see any more of anyone that's kind of on their, on the way back coming off the mend or, you know, like air anything more from Arian Smith, you know, um, do we see AD Mitchell at all? I'm not sure. Um, you know, we'll so, see. so look, look, for, I'll, I'll be watching that just to see who, who steps on the field. So here's my take on it. I have a feeling that there we're probably not going to see if there's anybody that's on the bubble on, you know, potentially playing or not playing, mm-hmm. it probably will, will be like the last game where Arian Smith and AD Mitchell get to come on for, you know, four or five snaps or something along those lines and no, yeah. absolutely no intention to, to throw them the ball or whatever, but I don't know. I just don't think that we're, this isn't the type of game where you want to like get someone re-injured. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, okay. Any, anything else on the offense? You want to pivot to the defense on our offense. We talked about the offensive line. Um, you know, I, I'd say that we're, I mean, do you, do you feel like we've seen enough of Brock Bowers this season? Uh, well, I mean, John, he's getting triple team. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, then Darnell, Darnell Washington, you know, do you think that he's getting given all the hype from, from preseason? Like, do you think that there's any surprises? So, uh, so I'll say that, um, given well, that we're halfway through the season. Right. I will. So Darnell still doesn't have a touchdown catch yet this season. Right. right? So. Right. Yeah, so I would if say I that's, told you, if I had told you before the season that Darnell doesn't have a touchdown catch by the time we play Vanderbilt, like, what are you thinking? Right. Yeah, no, and I mean honestly, like Brock Bowers only has two catching. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got. How about if I? What if I told you, John, before the season that Brock Bowers halfway through the season would have more rushing touchdowns than receiving touchdowns? Yeah, <laughs> seriously, think, right? exactly. he's got yeah. he's got three on the ground. Um, I don't know what's going on, man. Yeah. So that, that is kind of weird. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I would say, yeah, well, I'm, you called it out like a few episodes ago around like Stetson throwing touchdown passes to wide receivers. Um, you know, uh, no one called us out for it, but I will say, you know, we were, we were talking about how like Auburn's leading receiving uh, receiver and touchdowns only had one. And so does ours. <laughs> I mean, other than if you take the tight ends out, so Brock's got two, but no, everybody else only has one receiving touchdown. So McConkie's got one. Dylan Bell has one. AD Mitchell has one. Kendall Milton has one. Delp has one. Like, so we're not we're not having a high volume of, of touchdown receptions for individual receivers. So I would say that's a bit of a surprise. I would agree with that. Um, I will say though, like looking at the snap counts this last week, like, I mean, Darnell is in there a lot. I mean, he's playing a ton. Um, you know. I think he was the leading um, – he took the most snaps of any skill player other than Brock, I think, from what I remember. I don't have it right – I don't have it up anymore. But um, So he's definitely he's definitely playing, um, and we're, he is starting to get utilized more. So I'm, I'm all for more – I'm all for more Darnell Washington. And then, you know, I, I would have maybe a gripe with it, uh, other, like, this past week, other than, like, we had six rushing touchdowns, you know, and it's like – 
the fact that we were succeeding in the red zone, it doesn't bother me like how, but I would, but yeah, I think that's, it's a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, unless we're just saving them up for, for later in the season, I would, I would love to see some more of those two gentlemen. All right. Well, before we move on, I uh, just want to remind everyone that season three of my got a podcast is presented by Oxia time. Uh, so if you want to commemorate the dogs national championship in style, you've got to check out their Georgia national championship time, time pieces. Uh, John and I both have one and we are loving them. And John, I think you want to talk a little bit about, you know, something that's, that's unique that, yeah, that we can all do, uh, with our Georgia national championship watch. Yeah. Included, included with your purchase is the option to, to have an, an engraving, uh, a personal message yeah. um, set for your watch. So um, it could be, if it's a gift, you know, something sentimental for your, your, you know, the recipient uh, for me personally, uh, you know, my watch, you know, I wanted it to mean something for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I had, I had a couple of options. Uh, I did, I chose go dogs <laughs> and I chose um, the initials for you're either elite or you're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as part of my engraving and then i also had just a just an inside joke that we've all come across this in in the off season and and in between and it's intercepted which i know is not was not the radio call but that's how that's how we've taken things whenever any alabama fans are giving you any shtick about anything you to just just respond and it's intercepted <laughs> uh well played yeah no, that, that that is a great uh a great um add-on there that, that is included with the purchase uh it's on the bottom uh face of your watch um or on the bottom side of your watch uh, around the rim and uh yeah mine actually mine says you're either a leader you're not 33 to 18 go dogs so if you'd like to get one of those yourself, uh, head on over to oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. And exclusively for our listeners, you can get 10% off these timepieces by using code MyGotAPodcast at checkout. Mm, get you one. Um, uh, uniform, uniform Twitter is reporting that Nike has developed a moisture wicking fabric that will hold a sheen. <laughs> I see that. Shout out, shout out Hunter Jones and Chance Dog 19 <laughs> for, for the Twitter exchange bringing us that late breaking news. Uh, yeah, I don't big if big if true, right? Yeah, seriously, seriously. Okay, um. How about we pivot to the defense? So what to look for when Vanderbilt has the ball? Um, Hunting. <laughs> I, that's, that's, that's it. The end. Oh my gosh. <laughs> nothing, nothing else to say. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I fully expect there to be nothing but punting going on. <laughs> okay. We can just skip. And now, and, and, and end episode. No. Um, it's, it's first down, boys. What, what, what play call do you got? Ah, what's punt the damn thing? <laughs> uh, oh, well, they got, they got the water boy. Or, <laughs> or we have the water boy. They have the water boy. I'm trying to remember why they have in that movie. Um, I'll, I'll call out, let me, let me give you the rundown on their guys. Um, 
So their quarterback is AJ Swan, uh, which we have a family friend named AJ Swan, not, not the same guy though. Um, he is a freshman from Cherokee high school, actually. So Georgia uh, boy, huh? Yeah. Yep. Um, he's the second quarterback to start this year. I, I did not do enough in-depth analysis to know as to if the, uh, original starter, uh, right got benched or injured. I apologies. I don't know the answer, but it's been Swan. Uh, he's been the leading passer since going back to the Wake Forest game. Um, so he is 69 of 110. So he's got a 63% completion percentage, 848 yards, eight touchdowns and zero interceptions. Um, so he has yet to throw a pick this season. Um, the leading receiver is Will Shepard. Uh, he's got 35 catches, 452 yards and eight touchdowns. So huge contrast to uh, the volume uh, of touchdown receptions for this guy as opposed to any Georgia, any Georgia receiver. Um, and their running back leading rusher is Ray Davis. Uh, he is a senior. Uh, he started out his career at Temple and transferred to Vanderbilt. Uh, he's been at Vanderbilt last year and this year. He's got 108 carries for 507 yards. That's good enough for fifth most in the SEC uh, and with four rushing touchdowns. And he also has 17 catches for 110 yards and two touchdowns. So they've got some guys that have put up some stats. uh, But if you look at their schedule, I think that's primarily skewed by the Hawaii game because they put up 63 points against Hawaii. Um, so that nothing with the quarterback cause he, he, he didn't play in that game, but yet Hawaii, uh, they put up 42 against Elon. Uh, they put up 25 against Wake Forest in a loss. Uh, they beat Northern Illinois 38 to 28. Um, only had a field goal against Bama, but they, they put up 28 points against Ole Miss. So, I mean, the, Hang the banner. Yeah. The, I mean, <laughs> the only game they've scored less, let's see, they've had. Yeah, Bama is the only team to hold them to fewer than 28 points. So uh, that's not true, sorry, uh, to fewer than 25 points because they scored 25 against Wake. So they've been, they've been putting up some points um, for what it's worth. Uh, but, but yeah, like I said, a lot of them are against Hawaii, Elon, and Northern Illinois. Yeah, decidedly not the good teams, right? Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Basically, so, the, the good teams that they've played, they've struggled, so – yeah, well, and I mean, like, I mean, if you look at their three losses, right? I mean, Wake Forest, you know, they put up 25 against Wake Forest, but Wake Forest doesn't have a good defense, right? Like, that's no. that's their problem, right? Um, and then, you know, they only put up three against Alabama. They put up 28 against Ole Miss. Again, Ole Miss, you know, improved on defense, but still not what they're known for either, so. Yep. Well, like I said, hopefully we'll see a lot of punting. <laughs> Yes. Yes. That's what uh, I'll be looking for. I'll be looking for that. And I'll be looking for some, some opportunity for some depth building. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see some of the players on the defense and frankly on the offense too. Like, you know, this should, this, sh- this should be a, a, a name your score game. Um, mm-hmm. We've had a few of those this season. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of thought that Missouri was going to be that way. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this actually is that way. Right. Um. I would not be upset for Stetson to get his 250 yards passing one rushing touchdown before halftime and then just call it a day. 
Yeah. Um, again, this is again, this is just not one of those games that you want to have injuries pop up. Um, I would love this to be a situation where we are trying to manufacture stress for our backups. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how I feel about it uh, from a from a defensive standpoint and frankly an offensive standpoint as well. But for sure on the defense, we need to build some we need to build some depth. And you know, uh, I feel like Vanderbilt seems to always have like one or two wide receivers that are typically mm-hmm. problematic. And I think that's something that our, our young secondary uh, needs to see some needs to see some stress um, needs to see some stress on that deep passing attack um, hmm. in a game that hopefully won't, won't matter where it won't matter as much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good call. Cool. Uh, how about, <laughs> was you see you already you gave away your special teams you just want to see a lot of punting for Vanderbilt <laughs> well they're they're I believe that their special teams their their kicker is like a hundred percent for the season mm, I did not even I did not have that down so uh hold on maybe I made it up uh <laughs> nope he is he is 100 percent he has okay. made all he's he's kicked 23 extra points made them all he has made five field goal attempts and has made every single one of them. So they have a field goal kicker that uh, was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you'd think that like, I mean, not, not, not super easy kicks. Like basically he's taken four kicks beyond 30 yards. Okay. Um. So most of his kicks have become, have come. What is that? That's uh, that's what like forty yards plus, right? It's my math. I was told there would be no math. I'm 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 looking. I'm yeah. I just pulled up the stats. So first up, I need a pronunciation pronunciation guide. Joseph <laughs> Belovas it appears to be. I'm Bel- gonna go Belovas? with I'm gonna go that. Uh, yeah, it looks like most of his field goals are shorter, uh, as long as forty. So, uh, he's been kicking the shorter ones. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. We'll look for that. And then I, you know, you know, jackpot did miss his only field goal attempt last week. So hopefully he just doesn't attempt any field goals this week, but you know, yeah, we'll be good with him. Good with that. Just, uh, just score some touchdowns. Yeah. And then you, you called out, uh, Thorson looking great. So, uh, uh I, I will be looking for Thorson to not have. Yes. Don't even step on the field. <laughs> yeah. Hey, go spend some time with your parents who are in town, sir. <laughs> True. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> uh, nice. All right. Well, one thing, uh, you know, this week we, we talked about the fact that it's homecoming, uh, but it's also breast cancer awareness month. Um, so we're going to talk to our buddy Dwight, uh, who runs Bulldogs battling breast cancer of Athens and hear from him, uh, what all is going on at the homecoming game this weekend related to that. Mm, yeah save the puppies dwight save the puppies all right so we've got dwight standridge in here with us uh from bulldogs battling breast cancer uh dwight how's it going it's going great great to be with you guys i appreciate you having me on yeah absolutely no i know we've uh we've been able to connect at some at some tailgates uh after having kind of met online and my dad had told me a lot about you as well i know you guys had gotten to meet meet before we did in, in person so it's uh it's been great getting to getting to know you and want to just hear a little bit more about uh bulldogs battling breast cancer and um what you've got going on specifically for this game as well but 
I guess starting off, where where can people go go to find you, Dwight? Okay, so Bulldogs Battling Breast Cancer has a website. It is just simply bulldogsbattlingbreastcancer.com. Uh, we also have a Twitter account, which I run, and it is BBBC underscore Athens. Awesome. Cool. I know. I, I, I follow both. And I now know how to say your handle, Duda Dog, because you, you, and, <laughs> yeah. I, I got that detail from you. Uh, so that, that you folk can find yeah, there as well. Long backstory there. <laughs> All good. Um, well, I guess, could you just tell us a little bit of just the, the background, background, I guess, of how Bulldogs Battling Breast Cancer got its start and then also maybe into how you got involved there as well? Yeah, certainly. So Bulldogs Battling Breast Cancer, Jay and Teresa Abbott of Douglasville, Georgia, okay. founded Bulldogs Battling Breast Cancer. And it was right around the same time that Coach Rick came to Georgia. They had a son, Chris, who played football at Georgia. And I okay. think his freshman year of football, uh, Teresa was diagnosed with a, a very aggressive stage three breast cancer. Okay. And uh, Chris wanted to quit the football team. Jay and Teresa told him, you know, no, you know, you, mm. you're where you need to be. And Chris really said that Coach Rick and the football team uh, really rallied around him and became his you know, second family as Teresa was back home dealing with going through treatments and, and dealing with uh, mm-hmm. the breast cancer. Uh, Chris was, you know, in school playing football, uh, you know, and long story short, uh, Teresa is now a 19 year breast cancer survivor. Wow. Uh, when Chris was getting out of school, they went to coach Rick and asked him, if the football team would participate in a golf tournament. Hmm. And initially it was supposed to be a one-year deal. Uh, at that time they were raising money for uh, Susan G. Komen for the three-day walk. Okay. And after the tournament, they were immediately, you know, bombarded with, you know, when is next year's tournament? When are we doing <laughs> this again? So, right. you know, now we're in our 19th, this, this coming summer, uh, July of 2023 will be our 20th uh, Bulldogs Battling Breast Cancer Charity Golf Tournament. Wow. I think I missed the first two, but I went the first one I went to uh, when they were making the opening remarks, Coach Rick, uh, he spoke, he did the invocation. Jay and Teresa said that they they now – were donating money to St. Mary's locally here in Athens. Mm-hmm. And St. Mary's was using the money to provide free mammograms for women in need, uh, to buy new equipment and to educate women on the importance of getting early screenings. And okay. when I found that out after the tournament, I went straight up to Jay and I said, I want to get involved. Mm-hmm. And my backstory is, uh, when I was a freshman at Georgia in 1987, 87. Yeah, that's right. Um, I lost my mom to ovarian cancer and she was, she was 37 years old wow. and the most outgoing, um, socially and community involved person you would ever meet. And yeah. I'd always look for some way to get involved and help honor her, um, uh, and yeah. this is the perfect organization for me to be involved with. I'm I think I'm going on my 16th year uh, being a part of 
Bulldogs battling breast cancer. And now it's, it's really Jay and Teresa, um, mm-hmm. me and my wife, Leslie, mm-hmm. are the main core of Bulldogs battling breast cancer. And of course, we've got multiple very generous and, uh, and, and very neat uh, partnerships and sponsors, volunteers. It's really uh, one of the things that, that really hits me is being involved with this organization so long is how things network and just yeah. we, we continually to, to make continually make new contacts and, and every year we expand it a little more, get a little more uh, publicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatnot, we've been able to really grow this organization from uh, when I got involved, you know, we were donating seven, $8,000 a year to St. Mary's mm-hmm. and the past six checks that we've given St. Mary's have been six figures. And wow, this year, our, our goal is to raise over $200,000, which we've not done before. So Wow. Oh man, great, great cause. And uh, I mean, a, a truly personal connection for you. I, you know, sorry for your loss. Um, and it's, uh, I think that's a great, I don't know, a, a great way for you to honor your, honor your mom. Uh, I appreciate it. I think she, she's smiling down on, yeah. on what we've been able to build and, and develop around Athens and, and with the various groups yeah. at UGA. It's, uh, it's been really neat. It's been a, been a nice ride. That's yeah. And, you know, I, I knew it had been around for a while. I had not thought I, I didn't know the story about the origination and the and the and the connection with, with Coach Rick there. You know, it doesn't surprise me having been able to meet him and, and know his know his story. Right. Um, and, I, and I know, you know, cancer has been in their their family. You know, Catherine's a, a survivor as well. Um, I don't know if this was before or after that. Uh probably before based on the timeline for what I'm yeah, I think, of, but I think it was before. And, yeah. you know, when, when coach Rick was, was fired, you know, there was genuine concern on, on whether, you know, mm. we would lose that relationship with UGA football, but right. to Kirby's credit, he came right in and, and he said, look, y'all continue this as though there was no coaching change. Uh, sure. The golf tournament will go on. Our football team will continue to support you and we'll support you any way we can. And they certainly yeah. have. So it's been a great partnership. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, and are there, is there, are there one or two golf tournaments? Cause I, I feel like I, 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 and I, I got lost. We were like out of town. <laughs> yeah. I, I need, I need to get more info on that uh, going forward. The, our golf tournament with the football team is generally the Monday after July 4th. Okay. And it's, it's always held at uh, the Georgia Club and right outside Stadium on Highway 316. Okay. And the format there is it's a scramble, mm-hmm. uh, but instead of bringing four people, you bring three people, and Got your it. fourth person is a UGA football player. Okay. And as nice. you can imagine, it, it's very popular. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we had the best turnout. Hell, we probably could have. Uh, you know, had 30 more teams entered in this year's tournament coming off a national championship. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. So it's, it's going into its uh, 20th year. And then okay. eight years ago, I started a second tournament up at Curry Club in Tacoa. And okay. it's a different format. It's more sort of a, a player's tournament. It's okay. a two-man format, a modified best ball over two days. Uh, we try to, you know, it, yeah. Both tournaments are really first class, but for this players tournament, we try to 
really uh, roll out the red carpet for these players because they're more low handicap, more legitimate golfers that want to see what mm-hmm. their score is uh, yeah. over two days. And it's turned into a really, um, a really nice fundraiser for us. One of, one of our biggest fundraisers. Yeah, that okay. That that's where it was because that's that's the one I know. Uh, we did the swag sponsor for that last summer. Um, yes. So yeah. So if if you if you're interested in that, you know, be sure to follow uh, on, on Twitter or check out BulldogsBattlingBreastCancer dot com to find yeah, out more about ge- the, those events as well. Yeah, generally those those events will be on our uh, website under the you know current and future events. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, I know you know being Breast Cancer Awareness Month and Vanderbilt being the homecoming game this weekend, I think you, I think you guys have some uh, special stuff lined up for this game. So what's going on th- this week specifically? Yeah, it's very, very busy month for us. And it seems like, you know, each year uh, we get more requests and partner with more and more organizations. Uh, yeah. On Thursday night at the Georgia Theater, the DGD Fund is having hmm. a, a DGD concert uh the future birds will be at the georgia theater nice. and the dgd fund has, has recognized bulldogs battling breast cancer as one of three organizations that they're going to be supporting through that concert okay so that's thursday night uh friday morning let the cat out of the bag a little bit uh, <laughs> we are going to be uh on a live segment of good morning america they are doing oh, wow. a a piece on Trelly hale and oh, also yeah. Teresa Abbott. So we've been invited to come to Athens. Uh, don't know where it's going to be, either downtown or right around the stadium, but we'll be mm-hmm. on Good Morning America Friday morning. And nice. then uh, don't want to leave them out. We've got a, par- a partnership with UGA Hockey. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week we did Pink in the Rink with UGA Hockey for the fifth year. Uh, those kids are a, a great organization. They always wear some alternate uh, pink breast cancer jerseys, mm, auction cool. them off after the game. And last Thursday night, they raised over $6,000 for us. So great partnership with them. Awesome. And then moving forward for the Vandy game, uh, we're partnering with the UGA Spike Squad and the UGA Paint Line. Mm. Uh, they will be painting up pink and we'll, you know, on social media platforms, we'll be asking people to, you know, quote unquote, paint Sanford pink. And we know that that's never going to happen, but <laughs> it, it is really uh, gratifying to look up in the stands and see those little sections and, and blurbs of pink that we've right. been able to to grow over the last few years. So t- another uh, two great organizations at UGA, we're, we're very proud to be partnered with them. And then lastly, we always do an October points pledge hmm. where we pick two games and, you know, we don't pick the games, but we're sort of glad that Vandy is one of them. Because <laughs> right. I expect a, a good number of points versus Vandy. Right. But people can uh, pledge any dollar amount per UGA point scored versus Vandy and Florida. Okay. So okay. that'll be the two games. Uh, it's on our, our Twitter account. Um, or if anybody does not have a Twitter account, Go to our website, send us an email if you want to make a pledge. Uh, we've got a donations link on the email, or I can send you a Venmo um, code as well. Okay, 
Very cool. Yeah, I, I've seen the the pledge train uh, has kicked off and has started going on Twitter uh, already. That's that's really cool. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, our our goal is uh, $250 a point or more. Okay. Uh, I think last year we reached 334 wow. So, you know, that's really the benchmark. If we could get to 335 this year, mm. that'd be great. But, you know, any, yeah. any pledge or donation, big or small, it all adds up and it all helps. Right. Very cool. That's so cool. Um, I, I did want to check. So let's say, you know, I want to go, I want to pink out Sanford. I, I want to wear pink. I want to match up, but I don't have a, have a pink t-shirt. I, I think you guys have something that folks can, can get for that, right? We do. We've, we've got some of our uh, protect the puppies pink shirts mm. and they are exclusively being sold this year at the red zone okay. on Clayton street downtown. Okay, uh, cool. They've got them in store and you can also uh, order them online. You just go to their UGA red and search breast cancer and yeah. it'll pull up our shirt. So okay. there's two way, two ways to get them, but they're uniquely at the red zone this year. Okay. No, that's perfect. So that way, you know, you're, you're, if you're listening to this, you know, on your way to Athens, even right, you can stop by the right. red zone before the game and, and, and pick one up and, and have a, have a wardrobe change uh, game day. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've heard the the shirts are selling very well. And one, one last organization uh, I don't want to leave out because they just reached out to us mm. and this will be October 22nd. Uh, but the UGA equestrian team, which you oh. know is an all female uh, mm-hmm. club sport here at UGA. They're very successful and they reached out to us last week. So we will be supporting them and partnering with them for their event. Uh, I think their match is against Texas A&M on October 22nd. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they got started actually right around uh, when I was leaving school, uh, right around back in that, back in that time frame. I remember when that, when that club got started up, I mean, they've been like, dominant <laughs> from yeah, very, yeah. very successful team that's very cool well dwight i i appreciate you coming on uh, i know we we've been talking you know throughout the off season and um wanted, wanted to have you on at some point you know during the month of october and felt like this made this made the most sense um so just want to plug it one more time so if you're not uh i know we're our, we're, our biggest presence is on Twitter. So I know a lot of you guys follow us on Twitter. So definitely go and follow BBBC underscore Athens on Twitter. Uh, check these guys out. Bulldogs battling breast cancer dot com. Uh, the points pledge, all the events going on this weekend. Uh, and get pick up your uh, pink T-shirt at, at Red Zone as well. Uh, Dwight, it's been a pleasure having you. Thanks so much for coming on. I got a podcast this week. We really enjoyed it. Oh, Jim, uh, pleasure's all mine. I really appreciate you making time for me. Yeah. Uh, been been nice sitting down and, and talking to you guys, and we really appreciate the support. Awesome. Thanks, Dwight. All right. Thank you. Go dogs. Go dogs. All right. Thanks so much to Dwight for coming on to My Got a Podcast. Uh, really excited about everything that he's got going on and set up through Bulldogs Battling Breast Cancer of Athens this weekend for the homecoming game. Man, so cool. So cool. Appreciate you guys organizing that. All right. What do you say we hit the listener questions, John? Let's do, man. Let's jump into it. All right. Let's see here. First up, let me make sure I hit the actual first question this time because I keep messing that up and like skipping it. Okay. I'm on the official first question. So first up, we have John Michael D. (laughs) 
I still don't care for Auburn and Auburn sucks. Agreed, John. We all agree with that. Um, he said, now that it, now that that's out of the way, have we forgiven Vandy yet for canceling senior day of the shortened season? Have you forgiven them, John? No, I have not forgiven them whatsoever. Uh, I would love for Kirby to just take that personally. Um, have it be like that, that Michael Jordan type moment. And I, and I took that personally <laughs> and just continue <laughs> and just continue to bash them for 70 points. Uh, just just because they ruined our, our senior seasons. Yeah, seriously. I, yeah, I mean, do you remember how mad we were? That, that, was, that was season one of my got a podcast, by the way. Uh, we were like beside ourselves because uh, it happened twice, basically, right? Postponed and then, and then straight up canceled. That was, that was craziness. And, and, you know, last year there was a lot of talk about were we mad and were we going to hold it against them? I think a lot of people were trying to say, no, you know, like, you know, not, nothing going on there. But then when we saw the score last year, uh you know i think uh i think folks started to think otherwise which i'm blanking what was it was it like 60 to 3 last year yeah we definitely put a we definitely put an exclamation point on on that particular game yeah so yep uh and john michael d agrees he says uh he said i say not at all hang 100 if you can so agreed um next was not a question but just a comment from uga from uga hoops mafia he said Tyree Crump and Ant-Man still own Bandy. That is all. Which, John, I'm not even sure if you get that reference, but, you know, that, that's a, you know, Hoops Mafia comes with the Hoops takes. Um, I will say, I, I didn't mention it in the last episode. Um, I kind of forgot the to mention it. Stegmania happened last Friday night, Stegman Coliseum. Uh, oh, yeah. The preseason. It looked like a lot of fun. It looked awesome, man. Uh, Quavo was there. Uh, yeah, the students were swag surfing. Uh Quavo was like rapping in the like in the crowd. Um, I kind of I wish I'd, I wish I'd gone over, <laughs> made it over there for that. It looked pretty awesome. So looking forward to see what Mike what Mike White can do with the hoop dogs this season. Yeah, um, he looks like he's on a tear right now. He's it's like yeah. Wait, is is UGA basketball like? I think Graham said that is UGA basketball cool. <laughs> Right. I mean, they're uh, he's he's putting together like a recruiting class recruiting class, I think, is in the top 25 right now in recruiting rankings. Um, so we'll see if he can do at Georgia, what he did at Florida. We'll we'll build a statue. I mean, you know, I I'm all for that. Uh, all right. I'll, can... I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. I'll educate you uh, in the podcast after the podcast. Um, let's see, Zach, SC dog, eight, six, four. How many yards do you think the running back room can get against this awful Vanderbilt defense? I'll let you answer that one first. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I'm not sure that we're going to get like what we got last week. Um, cause we got, you don't a, think, you don't think we're going to have three, you don't think we're going to have 300 yards rushing. Right. I know earlier <laughs> when you were, when you were going into like, what if I told you like your rushing yardage was like under 200. Somewhere, but I think maybe that's just maybe that's what they're averaging giving up. I I I um I don't know. I mean, I think maybe maybe we get two hundred ish, something like that. I'm thinking because I think we're gonna pass a lot, honestly. Because that from what I saw, like I mean, I I, I know I said Ole Miss was kind of gashing them in both, but they are definitely susceptible to the deep ball. Yeah, I would say that we're probably in the one, probably sub sub two hundreds. Okay. 
but then, so kind of parlays into the, and do you think the passing offense wakes up this week? I mean, I guess it depends on how what your definition of wakes up is. I mean, <laughs> Stetson's been throwing for over 200 yards, so yeah. pretty consistently. So, um, I mean, he's throwing out. Has he had any games that he's thrown 300 yards? Uh, Oregon, right? Or, yeah, you know, or other than the Oregon game. Yeah. Uh, mm, I, don't, I don't have like his splits up. I could get him. Okay. So he threw for th- exactly 300 against Samford. He threw for 312 mm-hmm. against Missouri. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So he's, 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 he's definitely hit, hit, hit for several. Um, and he had 368 against Oregon, obviously. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, he could he could be in for a 300 yard game for sure. Now that we're looking at now that I'm looking at his splits against some of these better teams, um, it's certainly in the cards for the offense to wake up. Yeah, it it is funny, and uh, that <laughs> we definitely have we have like first world problems. <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah. first world problems. I so. looked at that 312 yards passing game line from the Missouri. Missouri game, and I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> right, yeah, seriously, seriously. Um, let's see. Oh, he, he just said, P.S. Bear Alexander is terrifying, and I can't wait to see him shine again Saturday. So, agreed. He's uh, We talked about in the Auburn review. He, he's really coming on. Uh, excited to see him co- to continue that trajectory. Um, I concur. Will Kaplan, uh, which will, sorry that we, you know, we still haven't had raising canes yet. Will is the one who's been advocating <laughs> for it. And, and we it's learned today fault. it is my fault. And, you know, and I, like I mentioned that, you know, John Smith and I tried to get it, uh, but we, we chickened out because of the, all the goings on in the parking lot. And then today we learned that Valkyrie dog had raising canes this weekend when she was in Athens, you know, so uh, we're, we're, we're very, we're far behind. So we, we still have to it. My my Irish brethren are uh, are doing are doing are faring much better on on the raising cane situation. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, I digress. Sorry, I, I just took us off the rails. That has nothing to do with what Will Will asked. Will asked Stetson hurt or injured? Um, definitely not injured, based off of everything that we're hearing. Right? I I think hurt. That's fine. I think we could say maybe hurt. You can play when you're hurt. You're not injured. Are you hurt or you're injured? Kind of thing. Um, oh, okay. You know that. So that's, that sounds like a that sounds like you backdoored into a clarification. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I had I did that for you. <laughs> I got to you. Uh, so yeah, I think that's fair. I would say I would say that there's definitely something off. There's something off between him and Brock Bowers. I don't know. Mm. I don't know quite what it is. I've heard some rumors and rumblings that. You know, Bowers had, you know, he had labrum, labrum, how do you ever say it, surgery. That was something that the, the Graham and John were talking about. Yeah, he um, had that this offseason. Yeah. Right. So apparently that's a a tough injury to return from in terms mm-hmm. of range of motion. So like maybe there's some, maybe there's some, maybe there's some something to that um, yeah. for, for, for Brock specifically. And, you know, maybe that's a defense for, for Stetson in terms of, you know, being able to actually complete passes to someone that typically would catch what you what you're throwing their way, yeah. But also, you know, if he's got knocks too, maybe he's not throwing it the way that he normally would. So I don't know, man. There's something yeah. something's definitely off, and that to me, 
I would lean towards the the fact that Kirby mentioned it in the in the presser rather than mm. just brush, brushing it off. Like he specifically said that he picked up a knock or had some knocks or whatever, and some dings or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, that is not that, that's that's not un, unimportant information, I guess is what I'm saying. So yeah, I would agree. I don't know. I would agree. Um, then Will said also, even if the game is close adjacent, and John, for you, he declined. He, for you, he uh, he specifies what close adjacent means as fourteen point lead or something. Uh, would you want to see some more substitutions earlier in the game? I think you hit that earlier. You're saying you're, you're looking to see some backups. Yeah, for sure. I'd like to. I'd like to see us run. I'd like to see us ram it down their throats for two quarters. Get up by twenty or thirty and call it a day. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Chad Jarvis, is this finally the game that Stetson is the old Stetson, or is this a game we run the ball down their throat? Um, I actually do think I I do think we will be able to air it out against these guys. Actually, I I believe uh, based on what I've what I've seen from them. So the numbers the numbers certainly seem to point to that. So yeah. Uh, friend of the show, Tim Riley at T Riley Dog. As a season miserable. ticket holder, miserable, <laughs> miserable in Minnesota. Um, as a season ticket holder, I want the SEC East to be strong. Mm, strong take there, Tim. Uh, I enjoyed the James. I enjoyed the James Franklin days of Vandy winning eight to nine games. What will it take for Vandy to get back to that? Plus, I enjoy Nashville, especially when there is a meaningful game. I'll hang up and listen. Uh, <sighs> I mean, yeah. I mean, other than like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, James Franklin, I guess, was probably their height. Um, God, I'm, I'm trying. To, I'm forgetting the guy that was there when we were in school. Like the guy that had been at Furman. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe Clark Leah can. You know, I mean, they're they're definitely they have been more respectable this year. Um, I, I think you know. <laughs> I think actually, John, I know the answer. It's what you talked about earlier. What's it going to take? An athletic department. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> they need they need an athletic department's vision to to help them navigate this. I don't know. They definitely need to have like it's just it just goes back to the age old SC, like modern day SEC take that you can be committed to winning, but you have to be financially committed to winning to actually win, and so. It would take a drastic rejiggering of how that school structured from a financial standpoint to put them in a position to even think about competing at this level. So, yep. Um, yep. but I, I will say that I appreciate Tim's um, perspective on, you know, it's fun. It's all fun and games to like just destroy teams year in and year out for what seems like the last decade or whatever. I know it mm -hmm. hasn't been that way, but um you know the games were way more nervous when you know auburn and vanderbilt were threatening or tennessee was menacing or florida was dangerous um but the games i feel like they meant more like when they were close you mean when, well not so much even that they were close just that when they were when when we're playing ranked teams when we're playing like our mm -hmm. entire schedule is ranked like yeah. you know I just remember the, the the days of old. I guess there were Tennessee's ranked, you know, Tennessee's ranked fifteenth, and Auburn's ranked, you know, twentieth or 
fifth or whatever. Like, you know, every other year they were ranked fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, you had uh, the James Franklin nine, nine win Vanderbilt teams that were, would come in and shock someone here and there. And then, you know, freaking Florida, what a, what a sad state of affairs that is from, from 2009. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. The, I don't know, these, those, those games just mean more. Like when I'm going up to my, my friends and stuff like, yeah, it's, it's great. And all to be like, Hey, how was the, you know, you guys watch the game? Like, what do you think about the game? Or man, what's going on with your coach, dude? Like (laughs) it's right. Yeah. You're fired. He should be fired at the end of the <laughs> season. Like that's all yeah. fun, but like I'd still like to go and talk to someone and have them like get actually physically angry because I told them that we beat them. Right. Whereas whereas right now it just feels like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's fair. I mean, you know, you you play that you you play to win, but I mean all I mean sport is all about competition. So I yeah. can't I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree with that. Yeah. So like, I, I truly feel like that we have a coach that has built a team to sustain winning for a long period of time. Yep. Um, he's done what Rick, I feel like couldn't, didn't, didn't quite get to mm-hmm. um, in, in creating an engine. And I would just love to see what that engine looks like running against good teams week in and week out. Like not, not that these teams are bad, but you know what I mean? Like, I'd yeah, like no, to I see. Know what I mean, no, I mean, if you think back, like, again, like when we were in school, I mean, you're right. Like, you know, Auburn was ranked, Florida was ranked, Tennessee was ranked, South Carolina was maybe ranked, right? Heck, mm-hmm. Georgia tech was ranked. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, like it, it, it was, it, it was different. It was different. I, 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 I do wonder, I mean, uh, we'll see. Cause again, I mean, you, <laughs> on specifically the Vanderbilt piece that we talked about athletic, Debar- athletic department, you talked about money. Right. I mean, so much of this, it's all money, right? Like, how do you get better money and you, you get better facilities, you, you hire a better coach, et cetera. And the SEC is continuing to get more money and the schedule is going to change significantly when Oklahoma and Texas join. So I I think it's coming. I think it's coming from that. It may not come at Vanderbilt, but it'll come via the schedule change. So, um, Let's see, 51 to 7 GATA. With half of the regular season over, what has surprised you all the most about the overall college football season? Um, I've got a couple of things. I, I think like the single most surprising thing to me is Nebraska firing Scott Frost and not like without waiting for his buyout dollar to drop. That's <laughs> one. Uh, like for a single event, like not on the field, I think on the field, uh, I mean, shoot, I had, I picked Utah as a playoff team preseason <laughs> in our, in our, uh, season preview. So I'm going to have to say, uh, Utah disappointing me, um, has, has, has surprised me. Um, bad, pick, bad pick by me. Yeah. Bad pick. I would say that for me, um, just, I'm surprised at how many undefeated teams there are to this point in the season. Mm. um you know we're what five six games in for 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 just about everybody and there's what like eight different eight different teams that are undefeated right now at this point so like i don't know it's just going to be absolute carnage at some point or over the course of the last half of the season yeah um i'm surprised that tennessee is undefeated to be honest with you like Mm -hmm. that's mind-boggling to me okay yeah those are good ones all right fletcher proctor after 
After watching Jimbo's son on the sidelines and seeing Beamer's daughter wear sunglasses to the press conference the other day, Andrew Smart has to be number one in the SEC coaches' offspring rankings, right? And reminder, sure. reminder, we uh, the, the tweet from the podcast account soliciting questions was our Andrew Smart uh, waving at the camera uh, behind his dad. So I talked to him yeah. as my my qualification. I think you just said agreed. <laughs> yeah, I seriously agreed. Like Andrew Smart is the best, the best child, the yeah. best child of any of the coaches right at this point. He's undefeated. I mean, we already knew this with the uh, him and Jordan Davis holding up the bulletin board. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we've known this for a long time. So nothing, although nothing, isn't there nothing's like, changed there. Isn't there some? Um, I feel like that I've seen it on Instagram, but like there's one of the one of the coach's daughters is like ridiculously hot. Is it Harson's daughter? <laughs> she's like she's like she's like uh, some some big famous Instagram model or whatever. So like I don't know. I'm <laughs> not sure. Mention- didn't mention her. And I, I'm pretty sure she is. Okay. I feel like this is something that, that trigger Trey had, had, had pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure. All I know is that like that the thing that I always see point out about him is that they look, he looks like the new age youth pastor uh, in, in family, but he really does. That's super funny. <laughs> um, all right. We've got Jason Huggins, hug dog. Uh, if, and that's a big, if Vandy, Vandy actually shows up, does Georgia cover the game spread in just the first half? We'll get to our we'll get to our predictions. Hug done in just a moment. Um, in the first half, I will look ahead. The spread's thirty eight. I don't know that we're going to cover thirty eight in the first half. I'm going to go no in the first half. I guess. Do you want to quickly answer that, John? What was the question again? Would they cover the spread in the first half? Spreads oh, 38, 38. Uh, in, in the first half. No, yeah. I would say that okay. they're they're not going to cover that in the first half. Okay. However, should the answer to number one occur, is it okay to go back to my tailgate to watch the Bama Tennessee second half? Because as we talked about, you know, this game is the weird three thirty SEC network game, which means this game is on at the exact same time as Alabama Tennessee, uh, which is very weird. It's so weird. I feel like this is like like my 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 younger self is having a bit of a like get off my lawn situation. Like I always thought there was like a rule that the SEC didn't have the three thirty kickoff at the same time for multiple games. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole like point of uh, like the money that CBS pays to have like the game of the week. Right. Because it's like a, it's a time slot. So I agree. It has something to do. I should have looked this up. But it has something to do with the fact that there's not a 12 o'clock SEC network game, I believe. And so I don't know. I mean, there's I've definitely seen like four o'clock SEC network games, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty much basically the same thing. I don't know. Maybe there's like a X amount of times per year you can do this or something. But it is very weird. It is very weird. I'll say this. Um, oh, Doug, you can do whatever the heck you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first part the first part uh thank you for welcoming me to your tailgate multiple times and you've got a great spot so you do whatever you want to do and you're so close you could you can hear what's going on in the stadium yeah <laughs> seriously like you right might even just, just just lean over and just take you a just at what's going on you can just listen <laughs> I, i'm i'm a uh i'm a don't don't leave until the clock hits zero but i'm like that for like every game period so you don't have to listen to me because that, that's what that's but that's just a me thing <laughs> good times all right 
Um, you ready to hit Coach Joe Bills over unders, John? Do we got the we have the the theme music? I don't. I'm gonna insert it. Is it? Are you cool if I? <laughs> like is it better is it better to sing it ourselves or to have the soundboard i'm gonna leave it i personally get a good kick out of it the soundboard or when we sing it when we sing it i think it's pretty good i think it's pretty good we might have to retire the soundboard although i do kind of miss do the uh put glasses on it trying to put glasses on it those are good times i'll bring it back amen um okay it's time for coach Chubbills over unders first up we're going to start with the offense um all right let's sit this right now john am i going to go first on pick one i i think okay you get to pick because you are lead for the season do you want to get first do you want to go first or second i get honors i'll let you go first i'm gonna go first okay over under two and a half passing touchdowns and i am gonna go over first that's in Bennett. It doesn't say for system Bennett. It just says passing touchdowns. Oh, geez. I'm going to go over. Okay. Uh, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming that this is for Stetson Bennett. This is BS. I got shenanigans. Why? It says for the offense, it says offense over under two and a half passing touchdowns. So it's clearly for Georgia offense. Any quarterback. Maybe. Maybe. That's what it says. It doesn't say Stetson Bennett. It just says passing touchdowns. I will continue. All right. This one you're going to go what first. What about Vanderbilt's offense? <laughs> We're going to get to that. Do you not understand how these work? First, he does three for the offense. Okay. Then he does three for the defense. Okay. And then he does a special team submit. We got to follow the format, John. All right. Next, <laughs> for offense, related to the Georgia offense, over under three and a half rushing touchdowns. I'm going to go over. Okay. I'm going to go under. Uh, over under. 475 total yards for the Georgia offense. I believe it's my turn. I'm going to say over. I will also say over. Okay. Moving on to the defense. And you go first in this one. Uh, First half points allowed by the Georgia defense over under 9.5. Under. Agreed. Under. Uh, Okay. My turn. Over under Vanderbilt quarterback rushing yards. Over under set at 65. I'm gonna hit the under. I'm gonna also hit the under. Okay. Uh and then forced turnovers by the Georgia defense over under 1.5. Your turn. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go under. I also am going under, and I'm sticking to not changing things. Okay. Because <laughs> I wrote it down. Okay. Uh let's see. My turn. Special teams. Uh, total punt return yards for Georgia over under at 50. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over. Okay. And then the miscellaneous Georgia quarterbacks that play in this game over under 2.5. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. It's a good one. Is it, is it, is it to me? It's your turn. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go over. Okay. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. Uh, but I think it'll be two. I, it better be two. <laughs> better be at least two. I'm going to go under. Uh, all right. Thank you to Coach Joe Bill for submitting the over-unders and for now tracking them as well. Much yeah. appreciated. 
I have a feeling you're going to close the gap on this one, but it is where it is. And we'll see. I didn't do so hot last week. So clearly, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing. I just need, I just need Kirby to just throw, throw Gunnar Stockton or Brock Vandegrift out there for one snap. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, true. True. That would do it. That would do it. All right, let's do let's hit our final predictions. So looking at okay, so looking at the line, Georgia is favored by 38 points. Uh quite the large large spread. The over-under is at 58 and a half. Uh, so that gives us a Vegas implied score of 48.25 to 10.25. Uh, which something I, I brought up to you in the in the podcast after the podcast on our Auburn review uh, mm-hmm. was like how close Vegas was uh, for the Georgia Auburn game. It was pretty nuts. Um, so I'll just call it out really quick. So for Auburn, you know, we were favored by 29 and a half with over under 50, which gave us an implied score of 39.7, 39.75 to 10.25 uh, with a 42, 42 to 10 game. So pretty, pretty crazy. I don't understand how these guys, do this stuff. Um, at any rate, I digress. Uh, what are you thinking here? What are you thinking here? Mm. You said earlier, you feel like it's a name your score game. I do. I'm thinking yeah. like a 48 to 10, 50 to 10. I'll go 48, 10, 48, 10. Okay. We're so boring. I, I've got 45 to 10. <laughs> so, so that means that you don't have UGA covering because that's what I was looking at as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I've got it. Yeah, I've got a uh, that'd be a 35 point differential with a 38 point spread. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I, I, I'm so much like I don't know how to look at these things anymore. You know, I'm like, I don't know, maybe I should pick like 30 to 14 because that worked out pretty well. <laughs> you want to, you want to know why? You want to know why you don't know how to look at these anymore? Why? Because we're annihilating people and we need the SEC East to get better. So, that these- <laughs> Over under situation against the spread, like yeah, the, the predicted score like gets a little bit more uh, crazy because it's like yeah, yeah, every week at this point I feel like my prediction is like 45-10. I know. Well, that was the thing. It's like, and that was why like last week I was like, all right, I'm not predicting these crazy scores anymore. Like after the Missouri game, I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. You know. And then we go and like just absolutely wax Auburn. So yeah, I don't I just, know. It's, it's, mean, it's, it's, it is weird. I feel like it's one of the, like the Missouri game was just a microcosm of all the bad things happening at the exact same time, which, you know, on yeah. any, any, any given Saturday or whatever. Yeah. 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 But it definitely looks like the outlier, right. Of, of, of what we've seen this season. I mean, there were struggles in some other games, but nothing like, nothing right. like that. Nothing well, like that. isn't there, don't you also have, um, the link up for the, the chapel bell guys their stats so like even yeah like their yeah, we can stats. Talk about that. do you want do you know you know a little bit more about it uh yeah so you know so they are friends of the show so nathan and justin over at chapel bell curve uh although it's not just them so they've got uh dog quant is his uh twitter handle um he's a friend of theirs um and they are together building this model it's called cbcr2 sam it's a sophisticated statistical system for predicting outcomes of college football games. I took that off the website. Also, I'll say uh, Josh Dogstats did a, uh, he's got kind of like a side project uh, from the Dog Central podcast 
uh, meet your Twitter friends. And he did an episode with them where they came on and explained that model. Also, uh, shout out Nathan. I did see him at the dog walk and gave him a fist bump uh, Auburn game. So anyways, had to call that out. But yeah, so, so that's it. So that one, uh, Dog Quant is like, um, I can't remember if he's like an economist or something, but he does a lot of like modeling type things. So he's got all kinds of things that like plug into the system. Um, and it, it's all about like how a team statistically would perform against the average team kind of deal. And it goes off of that. So, yeah. So they've got what, yeah, basically like 45 to three is kind of what they're calling out. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's got a lot of stuff, a lot of, a lot of acronyms involved. In it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of math. <laughs> that's a lot of math. <laughs> I was, I was told that there would be no math. Uh, but anyway, they're, they're, so I guess that their system so far is predicted, um, and, and they look at all of the games, right? So, seventy-four hmm. percent accuracy straight up, which is pretty good. And then they've got fifty-six um, percent against the spread. Yeah. So, yeah. bit of a toss-up ish, a little, little better. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to do it against the spread. Vegas is they make money for a reason. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think that their predicted score was like 46 to three. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, that would be, that would put us in line with the, the Alabama scoreline that, cause you know, this is going to be a game that, uh, you know, assuming that everything pans out the way that we, it seems like it's going to pan out right. with us playing Alabama and again in the future. There'll be much, much dissection of this game um, on the game film to see like how the two juggernauts played against Vanderbilt. So, yeah. And that was kind of my thing too. When I was looking at trying to figure out my score, I mean, I was just looking at like, you know, what have they done against teams? What have we done against teams? And we haven't scored 50 on anyone yet this season, but at the same time, we did score like 60 on them last year. So, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll see. Although, like I said, I think they are. I think they are better this year than last year. Although, I guess that's a pretty low bar. Sorry, no offense, Vanderbilt. Right, and I, I figure I I wanted to lean towards the three number, but it just sounds really low. I yeah, just feel like the, I, the, I feel like I, the, I feel like it's going to be. You know, how quickly are we going to enter the realm of the other team is trying as hard as possible to score a touchdown on the other? <laughs> <laughs> that's like that is i mean i know you're talking about like kind of like uh it's great when games are competitive and stuff but i i do love it when the other team is like just trying to score let's just get one don't it get is, shut out don't get is, shut out it is fun it is fun when it happens. it's like it's like me when i'm doing like the workouts with uh with my buddies i'm like just don't let detour the the, the gazelle of the group like lap me don't let him lap me <laughs> See, I don't have these problems when I do my Peloton workouts at home, John. I don't know. That's sorry. There's nobody. You don't have a. You don't have a rival. A rival biker that's on your on your leaderboard. It's like ah. I mean, Logan. No, slow kidding. down. <laughs> slow down, Logan. Uh, Too fast. Logan actually. Logan and I actually did like a, a a screen like a. There's like a FaceTime thing within Peloton, which I didn't even really know that was there. But like we rode at the same time once on like his. He had like a milestone ride, and like we're I was like riding. It's so like, you know, like I high fived or whatever, but then I got like a, like a little call thing. I didn't even realize you could do that. I don't even know how to do that. I'm, I'm not a good Peloton person, I guess. I haven't really been riding it lately. Sorry. Now I've gone off the rails. I didn't even have the barrel proof. Um, I've been doing more of the workouts through them. Not so much the riding lately. Nice. I digress. 
All right. Well, so I'm not going to be there. You're not going to be there. You got soccer going on. Um, I'm Which sure we've we'll be... got soccer going on pretty much the rest of the year, but okay. So, so we'll we'll keep uh, we'll keep in touch via the texting. Uh, is there any anything else you're gonna? I, I don't know how much you're even gonna be able to watch, but obviously we got Tennessee Alabama as a huge game this weekend. Uh, you know that that used to be, I mean that used to be like for Alabama. I mean other than Auburn, that was like their biggest game. Um, good to see that game being big again. You know, top ten matchup. I think that's mm-hmm. that, that's the kind of thing that this, it is good for college football. So yep. It's good for the SEC, in my opinion, as well, to have relevancy so that because I've got like right now I've got guys that are neutrals and I'm sure you're seeing on Twitter and whatnot. Like, oh, the SEC is garbage. Like, look at them. It's basically Georgia and Alabama and and everyone else. And, you know, I've got friends that give me crap about it. It's like, oh, what's Georgia favored by this week? Oh, only 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 40 points. (laughs) Right. Right. Man, you must be so frustrated by that tough game you're playing. Like, I've got uh, shout out wheels. Um, he, he uh, yeah, I've got I've got some buddies that that are definitely looking at our schedule and it's like questioning. So it would be nice to to have some parity in the in the sport again. Yeah, I think uh, this weekend there are like I think it's like six matchups between that are two ranked teams. Um, so should be a good one. You got, uh, we mentioned Alabama, uh, Tennessee, you got Penn state, Michigan. That's the big noon kickoff. Um, so that, that'll be a good one to watch. Uh, Michigan's number five, <laughs> Penn state 10. So oh, am I really, am I really, so are you serious? God, what an awful weekend. <laughs> so you I've got to pick, I've got to pick between, who who wins Alabama and Tennessee, and I gotta pick who wins between Penn State and Michigan. Like this is awful. Yeah, yeah. You got uh, Oklahoma State, TCU. Oklahoma State's number eight, TCU thirteen. Uh, yeah, I don't really care about that. Okay. How about here, Mississippi State, Kentucky? Those, they're both ranked. I mean, uh, I guess I guess I'd like I'd like Kentucky to win that game. Just it doesn't really matter because we played both of them. So. Whatever. Right. I don't know. Right. Uh USC and my disappointment, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, there's some good ones. I don't know. It, it should be a good good day at college football. I, I may um oh I gotta I gotta see. I gotta see what I'm doing on Saturday throughout the day. You're gonna have the you're gonna have the triple the triple TV set up, huh? I might. I might I might have to do that. I might have to do that. Will the Braves be playing on Saturday? I know they start tomorrow. Ooh, that's a good I don't know how long, how far out the schedule is, is there yet, but I have to look into that. I know they got, they all like the day games. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at it. This is the division series. So game three game one's, is okay, game three is the game three is Friday. So I guess if it goes to. Okay. So. Yeah. So if it went, if it went further than that. Um, which is, I can't remember. Is, is this is this best of seven? Are we at best of seven yet, or is it best of five? I can't remember. Dude, I I don't even know. And this is part of my issue with baseball, as I get, I get confused with these like playoff differing series. Uh, okay, division series consists of two best of five series, so it is best of five. So it, that's it could what I be, thought. It could be over. Yeah, so it could be over by Saturday, but if not, though, there could potentially be a, a Braves game. Yep. Okay. 
Okay. I mean, hopefully there's not one, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. All right, man. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the weekend. Have fun at soccer, GTA Carter. Um, and I don't know, I know we'll, I know we'll be texting and texting and talking throughout the day and, uh, everyone be, be sure to go out and, and, and check out, uh, Bulldogs battling breast cancer of Athens. Uh, you know, I know Dwight already dropped where we, where everyone can go out and, and donate and get involved there. So be sure to do that as well. Amen. Good, 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 um, good cause. And like I said, save, save the puppies, man. Yep. Didn't you have, didn't you have a, a special visitor for, for Bulldogs battling breast cancer at the last tailgate, right? We did. Yeah, man. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, Traley Hale, uh, Keely's Keely's mom came out. Uh, she called the dogs actually in the tent. Uh, so cool. Yeah, I snapped a I snapped a selfie with her and took a picture of my sister with her. She was like incredibly nice. So you know, I I know she's pretty big on Twitter and folks see her around, but she was awesome, man. She was she was very nice, very personable with everyone. Like everyone wanted their picture taken with her. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. funny. Uh, it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, she was great. She's, she was great. She's kind of a big deal in the bulldog circles. That's right. And, yeah, and greater circles as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, cancer survivor. So awesome, awesome lady. Cool, man. All right. Well, um, well, I'll be in touch and uh we'll we'll see what's going on with the the old the old Commodores. Go dogs. Go dogs.